we are ex-Overland, and over the past 10 years, my wife and I have established a business doing what we love. Throughout the last 10 years, we have built over 20 Overland vehicles that have taken us and our team around the world as we film our adventures. My name is Clay Croft, and I am the founder and CEO of ExOverland. On this podcast, we take a deep dive beyond what the camera can capture to offer you as much insight into the world of Overland travel as possible. The ExOverland podcast is brought to you by Onyx Off-Road. In pursuing adventure and traveling farther and exploring more to find the special places we're seeking, here at ExOverland, we rely on the state-of-the-art in navigation. That's why Onyx Off-Road has become our go-to digital tool to plan and execute a successful, safe experience when the team heads out for an adventurous weekend or an extended overland journey here in the U.S. of A. Use the code XOverland to get 20% off your subscription today. Welcome, everybody, to the XOverland podcast. I'm Jimmy Lewis, content director here at XOverland, and with me here today is Clay and Rochelle Croft, um, wonderful couple who know everything about overlanding that there is to know, right, guys? That's we, we know what we know, but we know that we don't know a lot of stuff. Well, stuff is the key word today yes, because in episode four, we're building off of uh, the previous two episodes, especially in which we decided based upon our wants, our needs, what the best overlanding vehicle looks like. And then how we would want to build that out in terms of mechanical capability and living systems. And that leads us to this episode where we're loading it up. Okay. And so beginning in that space, uh, I guess, Rochelle, like what are, what are some things that are front of mind for you when you're loading up to, to head out? Oh, man. Well, I think the first thing is to ask myself as you're planning out your trip, what trip am I taking? How long? How long am I going to be gone? Where am I going? Um, all of those factors go into the vehicle. Um, I'm assuming everything inside the vehicle now has been built in. So we've got either the drawer systems or the refrigerator. Yeah, I would say it's safe to say like a conventional overlanding build. Like We have a refrigeration system. We've got a mm-hmm. galley system. We've got some sort of rooftop tent or sleeping system already allocated. Now it's about what are we actually sleeping in? What are we actually cooking with? Gotcha. That sort of thing. Oh, right. and don't forget to flip the hours. Oh, oh man. We forgot track. to do that last yeah, time. I, so I know you did. We wandered off. <laughs> we had some fun wandering off into the weeds a couple of times. But yeah, so you mentioned, speaking of time, mm-hmm. you brought up something that I wasn't, wasn't front of mind for me, and it's so important, which is how long are you going to be out? Mm-hmm. Going yeah. to be a weekend, a week, six months, the rest of your life. Yep, and and there are some similarities that can cross over. Um, we found that, and you may have heard Clay say this before, but what you bring on a ten day trip rolls into what you need on a month long trip, or two month, or three month. Um, a lot of those things cross over because you're just reusing those systems over and over again. You know, I have found this to be so true, even with shorter weekend warrior theme trips. If you go through the time and effort to pack for mm-hmm. one night, you might as well see if you can't stay out two or three more. For yeah. sure. The time commitment's nearly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And there seems to be a reset every yep. five or six days. You got to get food. Basics. You got to find more water. Your truck 
you got to need a shower or, or you need a shower or something like usually every seven to 10 days, we've pushed it further before, but you're usually coming back in for some sort of reset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and they're welcomed. You're ready for them. You're, you're like, yeah, no matter how good your sleeping system or your camping yeah. system is <laughs> like those coming yeah. back into town, getting a shower, getting a good meal somewhere <laughs> that you didn't have to cook is always great. So, but yeah, the 10 part or the 10 day cycle, mm-hmm. seven to 10 is what we've kind of found that we can go for consistently. I mean, packing mm-hmm. more than 10 days of food in a vehicle, I mean, you're stuffed to the gills. There's a lot of you management bring that happens. Hunting and fishing equipment along. Oh, yeah. Keep catching. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I guess this you know, speaks to the need to set up a system in our approach to packing our overlanding vehicles yeah. um, that is consistent. And while it evolves to get it to the point to where whether you're going out for three days or 10 the mm-hmm. basics are still in place, right? Yeah. So I guess yeah. what what uh, what do those basics look like? Maybe we should start yeah. with sleeping systems. Well, I I would actually speak first towards um, understanding the full plan. So like if you if you build out uh, a weekend warrior plan or a big expedition or overland trip, you're going to look at the destination that you're headed to, and that destination and the wet uh, and within that destination the terrain that you're going to cover. The types of, is it going to be wet, dry, mm-hmm. rocky, we, you know, whatever that would eventually boil itself down to other smaller decisions like what clothes you take. Like season of the year Seasons, and climate. And- exactly. Mm-hmm. So you determine the location, determine the climate and the environment, and then, um, then you work backwards off of that. And also the next thing is how many people and who is going. That's a big one, right? Yeah. If, is it just you? Well, you got the whole truck to put whatever you want in there. Or, well, there's five of us in this truck for a month. Mm-hmm. We got to be really aware of what get what we pack. It's got to be precise because there's just not enough room for anything else. You know, you mentioned something in a conversation recently, Clay, about how you do expeditions, Rochelle as well, mm-hmm. um, in terms of assigning a particular seat to a particular crew member. And that gives them their own unique space on the expedition that they can kit out, essentially, to, to their own needs and mm-hmm. have what they need right there. That made so much sense to me, even having gone out with friends and family and people moving around and stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, little little things like that that go into your expeditions could, while technical, maybe mm-hmm. on the surface, could prove really beneficial even for your average outing. It turns yeah. into practical. Yes. The te- what seems technical is actually kind of just practical. In that. Yeah. And I would say that's a good practice, especially for a lot of families that are going out and trying this out for the first time. Um, so everyone on our team, we learned very quickly after our first big trip to Alaska that after that trip, because some people showed up with two bags or one bag or no bag or huge bag, <laughs> a and little bag. load of gear. And we were yeah. like, okay, <laughs> this- moving forward. We need to standardize. Everyone gets allotted the same bag to pack whatever they want in there within reason to do their job well. But even for as we travel with a family, as a family with our kids, we implement the same things. So each kid has the same size of bag that they pack in. They know they need the staples. They usually always forget something. Right. <laughs> usually underwear right. <laughs> and a toothbrush. Clay and Michelle have three boys for mm-hmm. everyone who doesn't know. <laughs> 
And the same goes for Clay and I. So we have pretty close to the same size of bag. And you have your standard items. And then if you have extra room for that extra pair of shoes or hair dryer or whatever that is, that brings you those creature comforts, bring it. But it all needs to fit in that allotted space. That makes so much sense. And it makes me realize how a lot of what we teach here at X Overland is how to travel as a group and how to work as a team. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people maybe can relate to that in terms of their own families Um, and then doing things with other families or friends. You are by proxy, even if you're not explicitly stating it, you are forming a team. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what we discuss is applicable to people in those situations even though they are not on expeditions, say, like, sure. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if you're going on it. Say you're going on a five, a weekend, a spring break trip with a couple right. families. Well, there's probably going to need to be somebody who you just kind of designate as the navigator because otherwise you're going to have too many chiefs, yes. too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, let a guy own that role. And all of a sudden you, you, you look through, okay, someone's going to, these two people are going to be working on the food because we, you know, we all got to eat and we're all camping in the same spot. Another person's working on logistics. They're calling ahead. They're doing this stuff. If you separate and build those roles, then the trip goes a lot smoother. And if you can articulate that verbally before you have to go through a storming stage to then articulate it, because that's going to happen. The storming stage, <laughs> storming by the stage. way, for everyone is wondering is when things get stormy among the group. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's your metaphor. You've got your honeymoon stage. Oh my gosh, we're going on spring break. This is the greatest. Two days mm-hmm. later, you're at each other's throat because it's undefined. People don't know what their roles are. You go through a storming stage. Hopefully it's a mature storming stage. We're like, hey, I'm struggling with this uh, I think it would be better you know people approach each other with respect that's the best kind uh, and then you work through it and then you get your machine stage you know right. like everything's running great we're, we know what we're doing our roles are are defined and all that so but mm-hmm. all that to say I was going to bring it back to so say you have uh, say you're the navigator and you're um, working on uh, personal group gear something mm-hmm. like that, then you will maybe be allowed certain specialty pieces of equipment to accommodate your role. But not everybody's packing five laptops. Yeah. There's not 10 <laughs> iPads everywhere for right, right. Or navigating. Where, you know, I'm sitting here thinking we'll, we definitely are going to need to do a podcast on group dy- dynamics. Yeah. That'll be so useful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is relevance in introducing this here because what you pack really will be determined by how well you suit sort out your group mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah. So someone yeah. is already doing the navigation planning, the meal planning, etc. And no reason for every single person, like you said, to have a laptop when we only need one for a particular purpose, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. So from there, um, you've got your allotted, let's say we take duffel bags. We've used the Red Ox bags, which we love for our personal gear. Um, we get them in different colors and then it's up to kind of everybody has their own piece of gear. I'd say that brings their morale up or is their comfort piece of gear. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I need a really good pillow. And some people don't need that. But. What does that look like? I know they're, they're the spongy kind I've yeah. used, right? And they're, yeah. they're the inflatables, and mm-hmm. then there's just rolling up your jacket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or the full-on, you know, yeah. make-a-down pillow, Rochelle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, I've done the 
We like the Thermarest pillows the most with the foam inside and the, yeah. i think we get the extra large you get the biggest one the biggest one we can and right. you let them and you got to give them time to fluff that's oh, the secret okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. unfurl or, them and give them a little yeah really we take our home pillows and our, yeah that's the and other the one we take. camper no and, yeah. on, anything. on our big trips a lot of times we'll take uh-huh. the big pillows we've got right. room, yeah. well that's see now that speaks back again yeah. to one of our i think tenets of overlanding which is thrive yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a thrive item right there. Yeah. That's well, I could make do. Yep. I could survive yep. with this little For pillow, sure. but okay. So that yeah. so when you're packing, maybe you should give yourself some room there, right? Like is this the yeah, this is gonna be a little more weight, a little more bulk, but is it really gonna make my trip more comfortable? Am I gonna be doing better because of this? Yeah. Yep. And sleep sleep, food, mm. and clothing. Mm-hmm. The proper clothing, so you're not cold, wet, or whatever, it are probably the three biggest morale maintainers and boosters or killers. Mm-hmm. If one of those is out of the question, and the next would be probably feet. Um, if any of those go bad, your life goes bad. You know, <laughs> you didn't sleep well. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You hurt. Your neck hurts. Whatever. Your day's not optimized to do well yeah you're not getting good food you're always hungry all the time we're just not people are grumpy you know mm-hmm. these are just known things yeah and yeah we can tough it all out but we're built to thrive these vehicles allow that with careful planning so we should utilize the opportunity mm-hmm. you know too i think it's worth when we talk about kidding out our vehicles uh, like packing and I think of something like the four-wheel camper, say, which I have on my truck. Uh, you have one on yours. Um, that's, a, that's a case where you go from you could go from survive to thrive, and that I always pack to survive, mm-hmm. but I hope to thrive. So meaning if I there's a heater in something like that, so there's a heating system, it's very comfortable. But if I'm going out in the winter and it's going to get to 10 below zero or something like that, I want to make sure I have my 20 below zero bag packed. Right. In yes. case things fail, I can at least make it through the night, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point. Always, you know, what's the saying? Um, two is one and one is none. Yep. And plan for the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So what, what, are, what do some other sleeping systems look like? Since I agree with Clay 100%, sleep is so important. Without it, you're yes. going to have a miserable trip. Um, yes. So there are all kinds of different sleeping pads, inflatable roll-ups, mm-hmm. foams, sleeping systems. Um, how do you go about that, Rochelle? Um, I get, like when I'm on rallies, for instance, so I'm yeah. tent camping yeah. every day, I get the biggest sleeping pad <laughs> I can find. Michelle and I think alike <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. I'm realizing. Yeah. Because okay. I'm not backpacking. I do have space in the car for right. it. And sleep is very important in that situation. And it's the same on XO. We're in rooftop tents that have a built-in mattress. Or we're in the Patriot camper with an actual legit mattress, mattress which is phenomenal. But Or the Alucab coming up with a yep. legit foam pad mattress in it. Yeah. Mm. So for sleeping, yeah, good sleeping pad. Uh, that I love the X-Ped at REI. It's like, yes, that's what I have. you can see have. me, it's like this thick. <laughs> it is it's so comfortable. Incredible. You I won't sleep like, like a your baby. Home bed anymore yeah. once you yeah. have that. It's true. <laughs> so you're not saying that they're the huge blow up mattresses. That's not the biggest one you can buy. You're still keeping it practical. Yeah. yeah. Kind of within yeah. the backpacking, car camping world. Yep. Good point. Yeah. 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 
Um, and then a really good sleeping bag. So know how you sleep. I, when I'm camping, I like to be warm because if I'm cold, I'm not going to sleep well. Mm-hmm. So I always opt for a warmer sleeping bag than I need because I can always take it off. Whereas you will go for almost a cooler sleeping bag because you don't like to be hot, I would say. Yeah, I don't. Well, <laughs> I found years ago that I could have a 20 below bag and unzip it and sleep pretty comfortable in it. Yeah. So I, I usually go for at least 20 degrees warmer of a bag than I anticipate being in. And uh, we have a note here that keep in mind that as you look at sleeping bag ratings, that's a survival rating. That's not yeah. a comfort rating. Uh, so if it says 20 below, that means you'll survive at 20 below. Yeah. And I <laughs> have been in 40 below in a minus 40 degree bag. And it was, I was cold. Yeah. Uh, I was okay, but I was cold and I was getting through it. It was a long night at 40, minus 41 in Greenland with a minus 40 degree bag. Yeah, that's such mm-hmm. an important point. And there are some other tidbits for, for bag intel. Um, one, like Clay saying, you, you, you know, a sleeping bag, you can unzip it, you can open it up, you can use it more like a blanket, tuck your feet in at the bottom, you can mm-hmm. pull some of it aside. Um, but you can, you're not stuck to just having them zipped up only. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, the mummy bag versus more rectangular bag, when I was backpacking all the time, I had my mummy and then I realized in a overlanding situation while the mummy would work i would be more comfortable in something rectangular some room for my shoulders so you can do that and then there are the liners those 20 degree liners so if you're trying to extend the capability of a bag you can't afford to buy two you can always put one of those in there and increase your warmth by 10 to 20 degrees Mm -hmm. i would and i would say the other piece of gear that we discovered a few years ago was the sleep sheet that you can get and that really took the comfort up a notch that you can insert into your sleeping bag. And that preserves the bag in hot weather and cold weather. It just keeps it cleaner mm-hmm. for a lot longer. You feel better in it. We're talking long duration trips. It would also matter like if you're going out on weekends after weekends, it would add right. up and pay off. So yeah, we we use those a lot. Sleep Is that sheets. the same, it, just a sleep sheet? So not like yeah. a warmth liner, but just a nope. sheet to keep just your bag sheet. from getting dirty. It's much thinner. Yeah. And it feels more like your bed at home a little bit. Yep. Okay. Here's a big one with sleeping bags. Okay. Down or synthetic? Oh. Age old question. Um, down bags are lighter. They're typically warmer. They stuff smaller into smaller spaces. They're typically more expensive. And synthetic bags... Well, and the last downfall of down bags is when wet, they lose their R value. And they lose it big time. Yeah, like, like it they're not goes working. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like half or more. Yeah. Uh, and they take a while to dry out. Um, drying down stuff is a chore. You got to mm-hmm. work at it. Uh, synthetic sleeping bags, bulkier, heavier, those synthetics have come a long way. In the last five years, even, mm-hmm. there's been pretty incredible advances there. Um, cheaper. And I have, a, I have a good mix between synthetic and down, but probably most of my stuff is down. Yeah. I've, I do prefer it. 
worked with down mostly. But I, as I rethink getting a new bag and I think of going over landing where I don't have to worry about the weight so much, if the tent were to leak, I, even in the four-wheel camper, I, unbeknownst to me, I hit a branch driving through the woods somewhere. And when it downpoured, I found out I had quite a leak in the in the ceiling. Oh, no way. Yeah, or the roof, Oof. however we want to describe it. Yes, and things got very wet. Had I only a down bag, that would be a problem. Um, so I'm starting to consider the merits of some of the new synthetics for that purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's worthy of consideration now, especially if you're budget conscious, the synthetic. But man, those some of those bags can get huge. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're talking like a zero degree, which is kind of the common, if you're going to buy one bag, it needs to be a zero degree bag. Mm-hmm. At least if you're in the Northwest mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. you might get away with something else down South, but I don't know. I, I, I would still buy, I'd yeah. still do yeah, I mean, the desert zero. in the winter is cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, something a lot of people degree. just, you yeah. know, don't understand about the desert unless they've been there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'd say standardized zero degree bag across the board between synthetic or down is at least the insulating level that you want. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, on the bulky part, you know, that, will depend on what sleep system you have. So if you have a rooftop tent where you can leave all your stuff in the top and close it up, the bulky part might not be as a thing if, if as opposed down. to like packing it every day and putting it in the back of your car. Oh, right, right. If it can just so. stay there permanently and yeah. shut and go. Yep. yep. So when we're considering sleep systems and how we have things set up, um, you all are a couple. I understand this. But uh, when you're out with people for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. there's something nice, too, about just having your own space a little bit at night or at yeah. some some point. Sure. Yes. And setting up sleep systems that way. Um, I'm not sure what that looks like exactly or how to go about that. But we, I know in trips I've been on, we've tried to set up like some pillows or something just to kind of even psychologically give us our own space if I'm out with a buddy or whatever. And we want that. Yeah. Any thoughts? We don't on- do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, okay, we're here. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, respect of people's space is obviously something important but we we break our teams up into groups they they get a vehicle and then they they nest and sort it out some of the best and most hilarious things i've ever heard out on the road is due to this process of going to bed you know and the things that that people are saying and joking about or complaining or whatever get your feet out of my face why do you always nest for 30 minutes before you go to lay down all all this stuff is just it's one of the fun things about being out it's yeah. pretty so, good. it's pretty good so. well, one one final tidbit that way that I'm eager to try experimenting with in these situations is hammocks have become really popular nowadays yeah and like with my own family things get a little crowded in the camper if it's a nice summer night sure I'll say see you guys yeah, I'll be out here yeah yep, I'll be out here <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know this big yeah. so it's yeah. real easy to pack easy way to go find your own spot Yes. yes. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have used. Uh, uh, we'll we'll sleep in the the good systems, and then we'll kick the kids out into rooftop tents or we'll or ground tents or whatever. We always mm-hmm. make them kind of go rough it some more. Right. You know they, they can. can they it. love it. You know it's yeah. good. And so uh, we've done that in the past a lot in the past, and uh, that's been good. 
But beyond other than space than that, no, we're one big happy family and we got to sort it out. <laughs> nice. So. so, okay, sleep systems are covered. We yep. are moving on to kitchen, galley. Oh, yeah. Or should we do clothing first? What is it like? Clothing is right in there with like your sleeping bag. I agree. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is where you can win or lose pretty quick. Clothing is your first layer of gear. Uh, they say your first survival layer is shelter is whatever is on you. So cotton fishnet underwear? Yeah. Let's <laughs> avoid that. <laughs> you know. Utilize that some other time. <laughs> and there's <laughs> horrific memories of my father. Early underwear purchase before we add synthetics. <laughs> right. It's like, Dad, no. Come on. It's not no. a good idea. Burned into your mind. Exactly. Yes. I know exactly. Uh, so we got wools, we got polypros, synthetics. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've gone really as far as I can down the merino wool. Mm-hmm. path as I can, especially on the big trip. Now, we can wear your stuff, whatever, stink however you want. You'll be home on Sunday. But on the big trips, um, everything I have is merino wool uh, to the best of my ability. It's just, it's got the best odor control. It lasts a lot longer. Uh, though, if you have not had merino wool stuff before, you've got to buy a pair and wear it, like a pair of underwear or whatever, wear it for like five days straight. And see how your skin responds to it because some people do have a reaction to merino wool thankfully i don't uh so just you want to know that before you go buy expensive articles of clothing and then take it on a big trip and then now you're dealing with skin rash or something and i just see how this all applies to our broader approach our strategy to becoming overlanders the value of the weekend trips yep mm-hmm. it's so important yeah. gotta get out there go test it yep yeah, for I guess test for, it or risk it. Yeah, <laughs> or be yeah, be prepared to buy some on the road. Um, yep. For me, I I've kind of gone back and forth on. I mean, underwear is a huge part of what we do, um, especially on the big trips. So. I, I love our so podcast. Underwear is a big like, part of yeah. what we do. So let's talk about underwear for a while. Let's talk about underwear, shall we? Oh, that's great. We get asked this all the time. At least I do a lot. Um, So I went down, I've tried the synthetic, I tried the merino wool, and for me, I went back to cotton for underwear. Yep. Because it does better for me. Are we talking base layer long underwear? Are we talking about just just underwear? Just underwear. underwear. First layer. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Um, Skin layer is what you would call it. Okay. So I actually, I took this tip from someone else in the industry who has traveled lived on the road for months but so i started i'll pack like 20 pairs of underwear as opposed to like five pairs of merino wool right and it's small enough it's cheap and i can chuck it it's disposable or i can wash yeah. it yeah. but that works better for me yeah, yeah this sounds like a, a thrive item for you like yeah, like for the sure. comfortable pillow right like yep you could reason well that's not practical this and that you're saying for me this yep. keeps me comfortable happy it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, make the adjustment and do it. Yep. It's yeah. like the, the cotton t-shirt mm-hmm. makes no sense in the way of expedition travel or 
even any kind of camping travel, right? As far as like optimal equipment or layer. Absolutely. Right. In the way of my own comfort at night, when, when I can take off mm-hmm. all those base layers, get in my 20 below bag and just be in my cotton t-shirt and be happy. Yep. yep. That could be really nice. That's valuable. So. That's a morale item right. that you would select. And uh, it's unarguable. Now you might get to certain trips that are like more hardcore and you're like, okay, this, that gets narrowed down to like, okay, I get one thing like that and everything else has to be so streamlined because there's not enough space or time or whatever to utilize it. So yeah, but if you can Mm -hmm. build in smart planned morale things inside your clothing, inside your sleep systems, stuff that, and, and inside your gallery galley sorry uh that makes food and you feeling good a priority you know you make, it, make it mm-hmm. special coffee mug or yeah something mm-hmm. like that and i'm thinking about with kids how important this could be you know bringing that blankie or stuffed animal along that technically speaking is bulky or this that sure. whatever but if that kid feels safe and happy yep absolutely and we narrow it down with our kids we always said you can you can bring one thing you know, pick, pick it, what's going to bring you the best or or comfort you the best, but that's it. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of things. You get one thing. And uh, that's really good mental training too. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, yeah. One of them would always show up with like six stuffed animals and their pillow pet. And we're like, okay. (laughs) All right. How about you? You get your pillow pet. One. <laughs> yeah. It does multiple pony? things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pillow and your stuffed animal in one. Yeah. That's the winner right there. That is so. the winner. Well, that's yeah. why overlandings you know, for families. It's it's such a wonderful pastime just for, you know, the, the skills and the knowledge, the insights, mental training. Um, everything we've talked about in these first few episodes in the way of adults when you think of applying that to raising your family mm-hmm. and the, the mental game and the aspect of overlanding self-development it's a great way to raise your oh, kids oh man yeah. it's one of the best and it's incremental you know it's like none, none of it is extreme it, it just it comes on slow like little adjustments throughout the day and I, I would say if your kids can't handle like a weekend camping trip mm. there's probably identify why, but there's probably some work that needs to be done in the family. Let's right. get into family counseling. I'm no. making, uh, I'm making a note. Yeah, make this up. is a future yeah, episode. I, we might catch flack for that, but like <laughs> your, your kids should be able to go on a camping trip, but we should, as good parents and adults, we should be able to help them thrive there too. So, mm-hmm. um, a little off topic from clothes, but, uh, anyway, we'll loop, <laughs> like, loop back around. And yeah. We won't get into the topic yeah. yet of diapers for clothes or anything <laughs> like that. We're going to keep it with it. We won't get it. That's a whole different podcast. Um, but Sounds yeah, good. so clothes, we got like underwear, base layers, mm-hmm. essentials, comfort garment, you know, piece of clothing. But mm-hmm. let's move on from that to like mid layers, rain shells, parkas, hats, gloves. Mm-hmm. So it's really inside the layering idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's above skin level. You're getting into layers. Creating pockets of air to keep you yeah. warm. And they have variable uh, condition thresholds. So like a rain jacket does nothing for your insulative, mm-hmm. really. I mean, it yeah. does a little bit, but, but it's really to keep you dry. So that's mm-hmm. a very specific and important piece of article or clothing. Your down is really for when it's, your down jacket's really for when you're getting cold at night. 
mm-hmm. you know, you're puffy or whatever, but it's too much to be active in for most of the day. So mm-hmm. you have your mid-layer fleece or a very thin puffy that you can be active in. And when I go between all of these articles all the time, I might layer a thin puffy with a rain jacket because I want more wind protection or it is raining outside. I didn't need the puffy. If it gets real cold, I can put it all on and suffer through it and get through it with that. Uh, so yeah, the layering system is very important. Yes. And have multiple with that layering system, have multiple first layer clothes that you can swap out of because more than likely your chill is coming from your first layer of clothing that has probably gotten a little wet from perspiration Mm -hmm. or whatever. And if you can strip down, replace that one layer and put everything back on, you will see your warmth increase like almost immediately. Yeah. So I have multiple layers, uh, skin layer uh, options. And we're back there too with, uh, you were mentioning like the puffies, which are a favorite of mine. And we're back mm-hmm. to the sleeping bag question as far as synthetic versus down and, and having to weigh out those factors. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to that, I always take the most bang for the buck. Um, so that to me is the down. It compresses saves the most amount of space, but when it expands, it provides the most amount of warmth. And then I have other layers that I can protect it from getting wet. Mm-hmm. So I, down to me is usually the no brainer mm-hmm. when it comes to yeah. the heavy insulative and, and the mid layer too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It packs down so small too. So it's easy to just, I can take a down coat and condense it really small and stuff it into a corner of my bag. Yeah, just like really a sleeping easily. bag, you really yeah. pack it down, right? And mm-hmm. then have the multiple layers, like a, a light to midweight down, and then the heavier parka for when you really need it. Which Montana mm-hmm. in the spring, as we all know, this yes. is a time you need lots of different <laughs> layers. You need a lot of clothes. Different. Seems like five different outfits in uh, three hours. Yeah, you know? sun comes out, you're yeah. sweating, and you're taking off layers. Yeah. It goes behind one cloud and throwing them. Yeah, back it's on. right back yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that, I will say with these layering systems, what we've done uh, is this is where your your vehicle can explode, especially when you have a yes. bunch of people when you're having to go through your layering systems a lot. Right. So th- this is where in our trucks we have separated out a designated space, the alley boxes on top of each truck is actually a personal clothes item box. Mm -hmm. And that's where everybody's jackets and everything go. That's its home. Unless it's like going to sit on the seat that you're with, any other further layer should be go back up into that box up up top and stay out of everybody else's way. And it really helps maintain the living space without it going to Mm. just blowing up which again right if it's just a weekend trip you come back everything looks like a mess but but if you're gone for several days this is the difference too between overlanding say and just a weekend warrior trip you have these Mm -hmm. long-term factors to consider with everything you do yeah and i just there's at least for me there's nothing more frustrating than trying to find a piece of gear you need very quickly and you, all this, and you can't find it because you're shuffling. What car was I in? What seat did I have that in last? What corner did oh, I stuff it? And so, the mess you make while you're looking for yes, it. Yes, you're ripping everything out of your bag trying to find that one thing. And um, that brings me over to packing cubes, by the way, for your bags. Those help immensely. Yeah. But that's also part of that system is being diligent about if I take this off, I know where I put it. And it goes to the same place every time. So that when I hit that rainstorm and I got to get out and grab a camera or help somebody with a recovery, 
I can then suit myself appropriately and they're not waiting on me to find my raincoat. There's no question where it is. You can go to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's why that, this is your seat. Yep. And use it really is helpful too. Yeah. Right. It just, they, those align, those two things you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it so, comes down to your clothes. So have we missed any, I mean, a good, a, a warm hat is always an essential for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a baseball cap with a visor for sun. Um, yep. If I'm sleeping in a tent in a sleeping bag and it's going to be cold out, I, mm-hmm. a, a normal hat always is falling off. A balaclava doesn't. Mm, I'll, that's true. I'll mm. use one of those just to keep my head warm. Yeah. But um, I keep a stocking cap in my sleeping bag and a, yeah. and a pair of sleeping socks. I just throw them in there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they live Great in there. I only them. sleep in them. I, I don't wear them the next day or whatever. They're only for sleeping in. Mm-hmm. Um and and then when it comes, I see gloves here also. So I'll, oftentimes, back to caps real quick, I will have a warm beanie like for out day, everyday use. Mm-hmm. And then I have a warm beanie and socks that are just stuffed in my sleeping bag. They always live there. Mm-hmm. They stay there. Yeah, because a cold head when you're trying to sleep yeah. is the worst. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of the you know, head... Head temperature control, if that's a thing, yeah, is right, uh, right. one of the best ways to regulate your temperature in your sleeping bag. Mm, so you can take point. put that on and off like you lose so much heat out of your head that, you know, that's part of your regulatory yeah. control. So that's your thermostat knob, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, when it comes to gloves, I'm a three pairs of gloves guy. I have a pair of work leather gloves and I have a thin pair of like fleece gloves that I can do a lot of high dexterity, cold stuff. And then I have a, like a full on it's cold out glove. Yeah. And depending like on the season, I may done. not pack all of those. Like summer, I don't have the really cold gloves, but well, to the I'll point two of, of the others. Montana and I'm sitting there with my bag over there for the weekend and it's got the leather gloves it's got the insulated leather gloves with dexterity and then i have the full-on mittens and i'm yeah. wondering like, do yeah. i really need to bring these but boy if you if you yep. want them you really want to get your hands warm yes you do yeah so uh rochelle what about well it, we we can how about caps gloves things mm-hmm. like that for you same i love um it's a fleece pair of gloves i believe they're black diamond and those are my go-to I have probably five pairs. <laughs> There's always one in my car. There's like two in my kit that I take camping. I have them stashed everywhere because um, they're not so thin enough that your hands get cold, but they're not too thick where you're wearing a massive glove. So yeah. if I just have that to take the edge off, then I'm, I'm good to go, as well as a work glove. And I make sure that that glove in particular has the tech sensor stuff in yes. it so I can run phones and... Mm, and stuff because otherwise like that's the glove you're kind of like doing all kinds of stuff in Mm -hmm. it's such a pain to always have to take your glove off to run your phone and we're using a lot of tech nowadays obviously and so having that is an important feature yep and then a hat and a beanie too that i yeah keep putting my sleep kit because i usually only wear beanies when i'm sleeping usually don't need them out and about yeah, and everything has got a system. It's like even the, mm-hmm. with the sleeping bags, having the socks and beanie just permanently living there, then it's time to go to bed. You're not looking for that stuff. It's yeah. always there. Take it off at the in the morning. Put it back. Yep. Yeah. Help yourself. So now what about footwear? Because like I am love to put on a pair of flip-flops after I've been in boots all day, but when you're overlanding, yep. you may have to get out, get a rig unstuck, and you need a good sturdy pair of boots. Like, mm-hmm. let's go to, like, Clay has three pairs of gloves, typically. What about footwear? 
if I have my choice, it'll be down to three. If I have a lot of room, I'll have three different pairs of footwear. Mm-hmm. Two is fine. One, if I only have to have one, then I'm very, very selective on that boot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like to have like a shower shoe or camp shoe of some kind where you could go. Yeah, it's a shower shoe. Mm-hmm. And you can bum around camp and stuff in it, but it's typically not closed. It's for hot weather, etc. Um I like a, a flat mesh shoe, like this, the Solomon, like canyoneering boot or shoe, because they, they, it's a full on enclosed shoe with mesh, but it folds completely flat and goes away. Hmm. Um, and, but, and it has a lot of the good tennis shoe structure, but it, you know, hmm. it basically has no shape to it when you smash it. And that would be like a camp shoe. And or? that's, a, that's like, yeah, I've been in my boots or I'm running around camp closed shoe if possible i guess sometimes you got to get out of your sleeping bag really quickly you don't want to lace mm-hmm. up a pair of nearly yeah. you know above, above the ankle boots right yeah, yeah. just need to slip then, something on and get around yeah and then I'll, I'll, in alaska i i brought my schnee's hunting boot because of the weather and a lot of the water all that the temperatures kind of warranted that i also brought this similar pair to russia and that was a good choice for that environment otherwise i use like a an approach type shoe. It's got enough rigidity that's fun to drive in, easy to drive in, but it, mm. it can hike around and do a lot of stuff around the vehicle without being too bulky. You just made a really good point. Like in mm-hmm. somewhere this past week, you were, I was watching one of our episodes and you and Rochelle both were talking about driving techniques and feeling problems in the front of the vehicle, through the pedals, through your feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just realizing when overlanding, the kind of mileage of driving, is a big mm-hmm. part of obviously yeah. what we do. Yeah. So I have a pair of Schnee's Hunter. I love those boots, but driving can be really bulky and kind of cumbersome. Yeah. Um, so usually yeah. if I have a long way to go after a weekend, even I'll try to put something on for driving. So that's a, another dimension mm-hmm. I haven't really. Yep. Solomon Canyoneering shoe for me. It okay. goes on there. If, if I can't be wearing my, like I'm wearing them now, the Scarpa, I forget what they're called, but you know, it's high ankle shoe approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rochelle. Um, yeah, I changed, I've, I've gone around on my footwear. I don't know if I've landed on one that I absolutely love. Um, a general rule when we're out driving or filming on a transit day is everybody's in closed toed shoes, a good closed toed shoe Mm -hmm. because you just don't know when you need to hop out of that car and Mm. help somebody or film there's snakes, rocks, whatever, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I get to camp, I'm like you. I like a good flip-flop, comfy shoe. I want to be comfortable. The yeah. sweats come on. Right. The flip-flops come out. That's camp, right? And that's, that's the camp. fun at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And I would say but, there's a difference in mentality between like camp life and you're just there to hang out. And then like sometimes viewers will say, wow, you guys take your stuff so serious. You're, you're, you know, well, that's because what we're doing is really serious there's a lot on the line so if we have somebody that hurts their foot or kicks something because they weren't wearing a closed-toed shoe and they're now out for two or three days or we got to go off course depart Mm -hmm. from our film schedule yeah i mean this is all time and money on our side um and it's detracting from the greater objective of the trip that we're trying to have so there is responsibility in the type of footwear that you wear for the objective now if you're just down there to bum out on the beach and that's the that's the goal and some injury happens well 
you know, yeah. that's that. It's free yeah. time. It's recreation. Yeah. It's recreation. So, right. But uh, so when we're doing the bigger trips and stuff, you'll see that we're a lot more strict on certain things because we, we don't want something simple like that to derail uh, the big vision. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now that makes that's something to yeah. think about with your groups, you know, like, hey, let's, you know, as a person on a trip, maybe you should say, you know what, there's a lot of cactus around here and stuff. I probably shouldn't be in my flip flops. I should probably keep wearing my boots because if I get hurt, I'm going to, the whole team's going to have to yeah. go to town. Yeah. yeah there's exactly. a lot invested. Yeah. Taking personal ownership of your, you play a big part into the bigger team dynamic. So if you take care of yourself, you're taking care of the team. The team. In that way. So speaking of all this, what about packing a med kit? We're loading up our truck. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. It's one of the, I mean, it's a staple. So we usually have, we have this thought process of like, okay, your gear has to be, has to utilized, be utilized in one mission critical way or multiple ways. It has to serve multiple purposes. A med kit is a mission critical single purpose. Hopefully you never use it. You don't need your med kit to be multiple things. It needs to be exactly what it is and do exactly the job it's intended to do. And it doesn't get messed with unless that's the use it's being uh, deployed for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, multi-purpose or mission critical. Mm -hmm. First aid, mission critical, and it's placed in easy-to-get locations that doesn't get moved, and then it's ideally labeled properly on the outside of the vehicle and on the inside of the vehicle. So and accessible. Say, yeah, like Jimmy, go to the go to the Tacoma over I'm there not, and get uh, where you know, and yeah. you see the You're red cross on that door. There. You open that door. There's another red cross right by where the med kit's at. I mean, it's just intuitive because you're going to go dummy with that yeah. adrenaline dump. Yeah, got to make it as simple as you can. You mm-hmm. bet. And everybody on the team knows where it is. And open up the med kit before you go. Go through it. Know where everything is inside the med kit. And I'm I'm guilty of this. We had this happen in Mexico. Ryder was dehydrated, and we were on the boat to go diving, and he was going down. He got pale. All of a sudden, had to strip off his wetsuit, and we're like, "The kid needs electrolytes. He needs hydration." And I opened up the med kit, and it was a new one that I hadn't gone through. And I was like, "I don't know where anything is in this thing." And I had to sit there and like rip it apart and be like, "Okay, here it is." You know. Yep. But in that situation, you don't want to be having to go through that process when oh, you need it. You're right. And, you know, speaking to an earlier point where we just keep making this is, is get out and do these things. Get out in the field within the limits of your skill sets and your what you have, right, your mm-hmm. gear and capabilities. But start using this because you'll find if you go out with your friends, your family, someone's even going to need a Band-Aid oh, or you're going to need time. to take their temperature, some, yeah. uh, right, some, something like that. And so you're going to open your med kit and you're going to start using it and realize you have this, don't have that. Build your way up to being able to do the more aggressive, longer trips. Yep. yep. And, you know, a lot of people know this, but the most common backcountry burn or camping, sorry, common injury are burns Yeah. and, you know, cuts on the galley. What are we all doing? You're all cooking. You're all using knives or something sharp. Um, so we've started doubling up on some of those burned things. I actually moved a whole pile of band-aids and like newsborne just in the galley of the Patriot because there has been some people we've had on the crew that just always cut themselves. And I was like, I don't need to drag out 
the massive med kit for one band-aid. So let's just have a bunch of band-aids right here ready for you. Yeah, we do. We have boo-boo kits and then we have like the big kits. Yeah. I love that idea, the boo-boo kit. He says yeah. that I was a fishing and hunting guide for several years and I always had the big kit and the EpiPens and I was fully trained. I was ready to go. I was kind of yep. excited. I wanted to yep. use that stuff, yeah. you know, <laughs> and right or wrong. Yep. But all I got the privilege of doing was applying band-aids again yep. and again and again right <laughs> so it's like i just kept a ziploc bag of band-aids at the ready all the time yep. so yeah there are little things like that that get used a lot to have handy we've yep. gone through a wide range of preparedness levels when it comes to medical kits uh, on our expeditions the big ones the big trips we have extensive uh, medical equipment especially if we're going like central america and south america we went as far as having kits that were fully surgical ready. So in the event that one of our team members needed surgery, we could hand the surgeon sterile stuff that we had that we knew was good. That's pretty advanced. Yeah. It's as advanced yeah. as it probably can get. And then on those same trips, everybody had an IFAC kit, individual first aid kit. And that kit is only for you. It's never for your buddy. It's only for you. It's taking that soldier approach to it that Ooh, you never sure. lend out your IFAC, IFAC kit because you might need it in the following minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, that's worked pretty well. Uh, we've kind of gone away from that a little bit, probably out of lack of diligence. Uh, and have moved into medium or like boo-boo kits, group boo-boo kits, medium kits for like little more advanced things that you can kind of grab and go. And then we still have the big expedition search and rescue bag kind of that will go with anybody, grab it and it can go do some heavy work. I remember after I took my first woofer course and got certified as a woofer, my med kit went from this size to like a suitcase. (laughs) Yeah, And I think I overdid it a little bit, right? Like you get so much training and you just start thinking of everything. You start to know what is possible and you're like, oh, well, I do need that. I need that. (laughs) Right. So, you know, a lot of this is trying to, like so many things at Overlanding, is find the, the compromise and still have what you need and recognize the limitations of what you can carry and you know, yeah. think about where you're going to be. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> I, <guess I'll> <laughs> I thought, I thought maybe, oh. maybe Ryder was <laughs> the door opened, yeah. magically opened behind magically us. Opened. So what else do we have here? We've got accessories. Headlamps and flashlights, multi-tools and knives. I'm excited about this topic. This is is where it gets like gadgety, huh? It gets gadgety, right? The the ultimate multi-tool, the the bench-made knife, the headlamps. Yeah, we always have headlamps. We always, on big trips, everybody should be carrying some sort of EDC flashlight. Um, That's best practice. It doesn't ever happen. Multi-tools, I really prefer multi-tools over knives on overland trips just because of the nature of the vehicles that you're working around. Mm-hmm. Um, pliers and wire cutters and Phillips and yeah, straight hips. Everything. I mean, it just kind of saves you from including having to knife. dig out. Yeah, including the knife, right. um, which your galley has all the big knives and stuff to do all that work. So this is, I, I really like the multi-tool. If I was to pick one thing, pocket knife or multi-tool, multi-tool all day. Yeah. Yeah, and they—they're not big multi-tools. I—I I, I don't have mine on me right now, but I use like the Gerber, like skeletonized titanium one, this and is it's great. Not too big. Yeah, Just, uh, mm-hmm. got a few goodies on there. 
all right. the basics, the, right. the Phillips, the knife, the, you know, the wire cutter of some kind so you can strip stuff and yeah, can opener sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So multi, multi-tool that's a everyday carry kind of thing. It's a stable headlamp. Mm-hmm. Everybody is issued one mm-hmm. uh, or should have one. And then we usually have a headlamp that's uh, issued to the vehicle itself. We use the Surefire Maximus headlamps for that. It's all rechargeable. We've gone almost exclusively to rechargeable stuff mm-hmm. from Surefire. Okay. Um, and that just reduces all the batteries you got to carry. Yeah. You're right. driving around in a power station, so everything just gets rechargeable. Again, mm-hmm. right? The multi-day experience versus the weekend trip. Yeah. And I yeah. and for the headlamps, sometimes we do this on XO, but I definitely do it in rally is I keep my headlamp on my seat head. Um, so I always know where it is. The headrest? The headrest, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so there's nothing worse than... Because all, all of a sudden, you know, you're looking for camp. It's later than you thought it would be. Right. And then you got to get out. Oh, where's my headlamp? And then you yeah. got to dig through everything to find it. So it's either in my door or a lot of times right on my headrest. Yeah. Right. Easy grab. These are certain things that you say, this is its home. Yes. You look at it and you decide where is its home and you make a mental note. This is where. So she's made it that it's on her headrest, which is a great spot. I, I don't like stretch it over the headrest. I, I take it all the way over and let it hang so yep. it doesn't stretch out the nylon. Oh, sure, yep. sure. Um, but I, I like having mine there too. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I'm, you know, as just a female in this space, I, yeah. I carry a pocket knife because a multi-tool won't fit in my pants pockets. Mm-hmm which is really annoying. Yeah, so sure. There's different things like that, that compared to like men and women that you guys are, it's nice to be able to carry, but, um, right. So I keep a little toolkit of like multi-tools and stuff that I use a lot, just right behind my driver's seat. So mm-hmm. I can access that easily. Yeah. So you still have it, but it's just not yep. on your person. Yep. And that, you know, that speaks to something as far as accessories go that I think you might want to speak to Rochelle is that, you know, women may want to look nice or have different needs for their mm-hmm. hair than a guy. Um, I mean, are there some differences there for just everyday cosmetics, so to speak? Yeah, I think it definitely depends mm-hmm. on who you are. I'm definitely more of a I'm OK to not shower for five days and I'll wear the same clothes over and over. Uh-huh. Um, whereas other women aren't like that. So it kind of depends on your personality, but, um, a hat for me does the trick. Like a Keep, baseball cap. Like a baseball cap. Yeah. It hides the grease. <laughs> right. Hides the grease so you don't have to wash your hair. Keep it in a braid. Um, yeah. Little things like that that I've learned along the way. And speaking to all the guys out there mm-hmm. that have, you know, wives or girlfriends or whatever that, you know, have, like this is important to them. Mm-hmm. Recognize that. Like, hey, my, you know, she needs her makeup. She needs her whatever, mm-hmm. and this this helps her thrive and be great out there. Don't don't belittle this. Yeah, this is like okay. She needs that. Cool. Let's find you a good spot for this. We'll even allocate a spot for for this, uh, and then the time for it. Let me know what the expectations are here, and then meet it. It's the same with like certain bathroom requirements and shower requirements. If that really is something that can change the person's outlook of the day mm-hmm. and the experience. Yeah, how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Cater to it. Yeah. You know? You're not going to change it on this camping trip or this and it's not really the place to change it on this big overland expedition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. You might find that by the end something changes there. 
and I'm not saying it needs to, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I guess I'm saying if it's like a problem, yeah. like it's like I, I need three hours every morning to do this. I guess I could see that being a problem, but right. it's like, hey, I need, I need my 15 minutes third. in the morning to, mm-hmm. to do this. And hey, awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to feel a lot better about yeah. myself yes. today. I just feel good. Yeah, yeah. that's I feel important. Like it's a huge thing. Like you know, as far as packing a kit, wipes to me are like the the body wipes and others are so useful for just refreshing. Yeah. Yes. End of the day, beginning of the day, just wipe your face down with that. You feel like a new person. Yeah. So things things of that nature are useful. Yeah, yeah. and I'll and I'll speak to that a little bit more. It. You know, especially the question I get a lot from guys, and I'm, I'm going off in the weeds just for a minute here, but how go. do I get my wife or girlfriend to go with me? She doesn't want to go. She's not interested. Sounds how like do I get them to title. come along? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's one of the things you're talking about, Clay, is, you know, make, there's nothing worse than being like, oh, you need like, why do you need that for your hair? Why do you need the makeup? It's, that makes me feel like I'm just along for the ride and you're in charge. You don't, you know. Like my yeah, well-being like isn't cared about yeah, because something's ex- important to me and it's not important to you doesn't mean that it shouldn't be important. Yeah, you're not being validated in yeah. that case. So immediately you're thinking, yeah, well, great, like, I'm going cool. on something where I'm being criticized, yeah. belittled, what have you, and yeah. these things are important to me. Exactly. So why would I ever... respected and supported. Yes. So why would I ever offer an opinion of where I want to go or what I want to do if a little thing like that isn't even respected? Right. So, yeah. So it goes um, along, it goes further than just... Yeah, and this hey, is like, let's put your makeup here. You need 15 minutes in the morning, you know, which mm-hmm. is awesome. That's that's all I need in the morning, especially if I know I'm going to be on film and on camera. I want to feel good about myself so I can be more confident and do my job better. Well, that that's one of the reasons I brought this up, too, is just watching our content. It's, it's clear that you and Megan and Ashley, any of the women who've been on expedition, mm-hmm. have found a way to take care of themselves, as have the guys. Yeah. I, I'm, it's remarkable how well everybody looks on, on camera, even on these expeditions. So there's some skill to that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a kit, and those needs have to be met. So Yeah, and that's that, great. That, that is by design. You know, guys got to take care of themselves. We need to shave. We need to clean our bits and crevices. You know, um, it's it's all part of making sure that you are being the best person you can be in your team dynamic. So hygiene, then, right? Yeah. We're there. So yeah. that's let's that's a Do big it. one. Yes, you're three days from your problem, and you're three days from its recovery once you identify it. So hygiene is really important especially when it like rashes and um you know jock itch and stuff like that foot problems it's as close as three days away and it'll take a minimum three days to cure once you start really babying the problem so how important is hygiene is really important it's very important yeah there's a reason the military is like high and tight shaved every day you need to look like this because they're actually maintaining a certain level of uh, efficiency within the the, the force, right? Mm-hmm. And their feet aren't going down, and they're they're not incapacitated by issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for us, we take you mentioned wipes. Wipes were a game changer, um, especially I I love the shower pouches. So we allot those for the team every trip. The guys over there are awesome. But 
on the days when we just don't have time to take a full on shower or we don't have enough water. Keep in mind, we have seven to eight people with us. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. For no, everyone we, to take a shower. We never shower. French showers. And we, we don't shower. <laughs> There's like only it's, been two yeah. or three showers in 10 years that we've done in the field that I can think of. Yeah. It's good for me to know. Yeah. I find myself <laughs> yeah, <in> prepare <laughs> yourself. <laughs> so, but we do find lakes and creeks and yeah. we have wipes we and improvise. you can wash your face and your hands, but... Um, yeah, it's, that was a game changer for us. And then even on the toiletries front, you know, using the restroom, um, wipes helped a lot, just helps keep everything clean down there all the time, pack it out. So we have a specific trash for those that we Mm. pack back out Mm -hmm. when we're in town, we can dump it. Do not leave them out there. I have to say it because people do do it and we see it. Yeah. Leave them out there. I or toilet just, paper. Don't yeah. leave toilet paper out there. A hundred percent. Stop doing that. Just stop. Yeah. Please bury, bury whatever yeah. you. Yes. Bury or pack excrete. it out. Yeah. Or pack it out. Don't they, bury the paper though. Like pack out the paper. Right. Bury what your business. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's important as overlanding gets more popular and. There are you know, campsites that are primitive without any kind of improvements are becoming more popular if we're going to keep it clean and sanitary, even at the campsite, right? We yeah. have to be practicing these, yeah. these approaches. So important. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the first things that will close a campground mm-hmm. is, you know, soiled campgrounds. Yeah. So yeah, we got to help ourselves again in that way by being making sure that we're stewarding our waste properly mm-hmm. so that we can use these places and we talked about amenities and not frowning upon people who ask for them or need them whatever they might be if they're going to be much more comfortable you know if if someone wants there are a variety of different high-tech portable toilets even you can bring along that are self-contained some campgrounds demand self-contained so you have to deal with that Mm. Um, but i i've had to put up with some of that in order for someone to be perfectly happy on the trip, yeah. I'm more than yeah. willing to do it. I'm not going to pressure somebody into taking the shovel into the woods if that's going to ruin the trip for them. Yeah, if that's what yeah. it takes, and you can solve it. Mm-hmm. Solve it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we got hygiene um, in the way of wipes, soaps. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say, you know, Clay mentioned the military. And I think that was useful in that when you get out there camping and on trips, you can just get lazy. It's you're exhausted. You just don't want to brush your teeth again. You don't want to floss, wash your hands, whatever. And it's important to have some discipline when it comes to hygiene to keep everybody healthy and feeling good. Yes. Especially cooking for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's a big responsibility. Um, yeah. The other thing that I see on your list here is, you know, a camp towel, camp washcloths. Um, you can, they have those awesome packable towels Mm -hmm. work great microfibers mm-hmm. yeah that's all we use anymore there's yep. a great company over here that my good friend just introduced me to and they're phenomenal like, i wish i could remember nomadics. but nomadics that oh that's right it's awesome mm. yeah uh, the best towel we've come across yeah and then the hygiene cool. plan i see hygiene plan there that is good like it we kind of know that every seven days you can you can bird bath, French bath, however you want to call it. You know, wipe down for seven to ten days, but really by seven days, you're starting that clock, no matter what, on three days to problems. So by day ten, you really need to get flushed in some way. You need mm-hmm. water running over you to maintain. So build that into your hygiene plan. Just like yeah. you got to rest, you have to do 
hygiene at some point. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going out with kids, especially trying to underscore yeah. some of these things, mm-hmm. really important. Yep. And when we say we don't shower in the field, that doesn't mean we never shower. But after between that like seven to 10 day mark, we'll go into town and we'll do a reset. You know, yeah. we'll find either a campground that has a shower so everybody can use it or um, a hostel or hotel for the night. Just get a team reset. The morale goes up. People feel awesome. You're ready to go. Yeah. Now, are you finding a place to wash your clothing in, at the, during those resets as well? Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's a sink. Yeah. <laughs> Once or, in a you while know, it's that, This is when we utilize RV parks. Yeah. When you're doing the big stuff, the big trips, yeah. you run into an RV park. They've got good showers. They've got a... Uh, and like a wash facility, you know, mm-hmm. washing machines and everything. And yep. you can kind of explode your truck at the campground yeah. and reset right. the truck. Kind of, you kind of do it all at once. Spread everything yeah. out. You utilize the space, you get repacked, and you go again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we use we use those a lot. Yeah, I think that's a that's cool. an important point while you're out there traveling around. I mean, to not just get rigid in your approach, but use the tools available to you in different places. And mm-hmm. it's even nice, like there's some little bed and breakfasts or motels that are, yeah. are decent and a nice break in the routine and you mix it up a little bit yeah that's great yeah and and that's the biggest thing like do what makes the trip fun for you and that's going to look different from how we travel to how you travel Mm -hmm. to how someone for the first time is traveling there's if you need a hotel every night go do it at least you're out there experiencing right something new right so so we we i see we've run out our hourglass (laughs) hourglass is gone but i still not like i feel like we need to hit quickly upon galleys like did we really mm. get into to that just like a few essentials for your kitchen what do you like to bring along you probably know what you need to bring along from what you use in your kitchen every single day that's helpful yep uh if if you have some weird thing in your camp galley kitchen that you would never use in your normal kitchen you should really take a second look at it maybe you yep. don't need it um, there are some u- tools like can openers that you use in the field now where you don't really use them at home so much or mm-hmm. whatnot. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, look at, start there, start with the basics. Like my, my four wheel camper has a spatula. It's got a fork and knife spoon kit, and then it's got a ladle. Those are the and only some three. knives and, and knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- that's the only tools that are in there. And I've been camping out of that thing for a, over a couple of years and, I finally added a ladle because I was like, I'm tired of using just the spoons, little right, spoons. Right. So I added it over time. And that's, that's the extent of my galley in that four wheel kitchen. You have a the pan or like a frying pan or two. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. And, and we, we really like the, uh, the Stanley stuff. We were sponsored mm-hmm. by them for years and we continue to use their stuff because it is good. They're, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. It's well built. They're nesting it's just right. Pots. It's mm-hmm. just Pot right. Kit. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you got big groups, a big pot. You need a big pot and a big yeah. grill, but, mm-hmm. but it's really the basics and keep it basic. So if it look at those backpacker kits, it's really, uh, really what you need. Mm-hmm. You could certainly want more, but, uh, if it's good enough for a backpacker, it's probably good enough for you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then securing everything is, is also really important. Like I think of you pick maybe one or two of your favorite seasonings to bring along, but put them yep. in a Ziploc bag so when the top pops open, it doesn't wind up all over your kit. Yeah. Ask me how yes. I know. Yeah, ask me how I know. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, one other piece of kit I always put in our galley, um, especially on the trips, is tongs and kitchen scissors. 
Yes. If anybody takes my scissors, you're dead. You're dead man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's Speaking a great. Speaking to my children, <laughs> you need, and that's a hygiene thing too, because mm-hmm. you're not using your pocket knife to open the salad that that dude just cleaned his fingernails with around the campfire 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Yes. You know, like yeah. camp scissors are a hygiene thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes perfect sense. And a lot of the meal prep, you can put in a vacuum sealed bag and warm up in yep. a pot. Yep. Cut it open, off yeah. you go. Yeah, it's yep. really useful. Um. I feel like a separate podcast yeah, should be you just do, about galleys and yeah, kitchen I and totally cooking. I totally agree. Because there's a go, lot there. There's so much there. There's so many of these topics yeah. that will yeah. spawn into a Deep dive podcast. into all this. Yeah. So any final thoughts on packing up? Um, keep it simple. Work mm-hmm. for efficiency. If you're having to move something to get to something, it's probably organized wrong. Um the true test is how good your organization skills are is by day three, how your truck looks. Uh, that's also a, a probably, uh, an indicator of your discipline as to as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, thinking we have here, think in terms of process of refining your kit. Every time you go out, do that. That is so important. Don't help yourself by being, thinking through it so you yeah. don't have to do all this again the next exactly. time mm-hmm. and i might add if you uh, go as a couple or as a family get everybody thinking get everybody communicating yeah. about that right yes. yep yep yeah i yeah. Um, i was just in my four-wheel camper this weekend and i bought another peanut butter jelly and i bought another uh jelly and i got into my fridge i didn't even look in there and i got in there and there's already two other ones in there <laughs> like i'm not going through my processes and now i have <laughs> All this stuff. I'm I'm working against myself by not being a little bit more organized. You know, that's a simple thing, but it. You know, I mean, it, it goes to big t- things too. Yeah, it does. You know, so yeah, yeah. I I would say for me to close, less is always more, which we talk about all the time, and that that can be to what you bolt onto your vehicle, to what you put in your bag, and um, I found over time, you know, I. I think speaking as a woman, I I know a lot of us do this. When you pack for a trip, you always pack too many clothes. You end up not using probably half. I do that all the time. Or a third of them. It's not unique (laughs) to women, Rochelle. (laughs) I'm guilty too. So over time, doing that so many times, it's like, okay, I really end up wearing the same thing all the time, especially when I'm out on a trip. So really start thinking. Like give yourself a small bag and see what you put in that and see what you actually wore when you get home. And I'll still come back with like clean shirts I never wore and I'll Absolutely. only bring like five. Oh, <laughs> I'm the same way. And I thought, I think of, I, I think it was Clay who mentioned earlier something about like, think about what emotion it is that's driving you to pack whatever you're packing. Is it mm. fear? Right. Is it pleasure? Like what, yeah. what, what is it? And I know for me, my, I, my mind will be telling me you only need one of that. And I'll get this kind of anxiety and compulsion to pack the extra. And then I never use it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm trying to check myself with that nowadays. And yeah. Yep. Right. I'm way in. So. Yep. Less is more. And final tidbit. Don't forget your wallet. Don't forget oh, your wallet and yeah. your passport. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and have fun. It's been a great episode. Uh, hopefully you've all learned a few things. I know I have. We'll see you next time on the X Overland podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. We appreciate your support. And until next time, 
stay adventurous. 